worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church. No matter where you are on life's journey, no matter what you believe or doubt, no matter how much or how little you have, no matter your race, gender, or immigration status, and no matter whom you love, you are beloved, belong, and are welcome. We say these words every Sunday to remind ourselves that even though the world sometimes places limits on belovedness or worth, God doesn't. So friends, welcome. Let's try that again. Good morning, church. My name is Ann Jacob. And my name is Donna Pritchard. And we are delighted to welcome you here to worship at Edmonds United Methodist Church on this electric Sunday. <laughs> and we're thrilled that you're here in the room and also watching online. So let's welcome all those folks watching online. Hello, hello. And we're you'll notice that I oh, shoot. am a hybrid. And you'll have to decide what that means. And I am vintage. <laughs> so you'll have to decide what that means. You know, a little something to do during worship if you get bored. <laughs> Uh, this morning, we'll invite you, if you're joining us online or in the room, to connect with us through our Connect card. It's a QR code in the bulletin at the top of the order of worship. Uh, in particular, if you have any prayer concerns, we'll invite you to share that through the QR code, and Pastor Donna and I will be holding you in prayer uh, when we find that uh, Connect card. Uh, and we invite our environmental justice team to come on up and lead us in our call to worship. And as they're coming forward, we invite you to rise in body or spirit for our call to worship. Blessed are the heavens, for they declare the power of creation. Blessed is the earth, our beloved home, for she is a planet of plenitude. Blessed are the waters thereon, for they gave rise to living things. Blessed is the land, for it is the source of life abundant. Blessed is the air we breathe, for it fires us to life and love. Blessed are the beasts of the field, for they are glorious to behold. Blessed are the birds of the air, for they carve a graceful ark in the sky. Blessed are the mountains and the seas and the valleys, for their variety makes rich our habitat. Blessed are the fields of grain, the orchards of fruit, for they give sustenance, asking nothing in return. Blessed are the dwellers on earth who cherish the privilege of living upon it. Blessed are the ones who protect the earth and all her creatures, from the plants of the field to the trees of the forest, 
for their reward shall be harmony with the web of existence. Rejoice and be glad, for the earth is God's, and we are God's creatures. Rejoice indeed as we worship and as we live on God's good earth. And now, my friends, as we gather on the ancestral lands of the Coast Salish peoples, we want to begin every worship service with a reconciliation of our hearts to God and one another through the passing of peace. If you're in this room, you may want to share signs of peace that you and your partner are comfortable with, a fist bump, a handshake, or a hug. And if you're worshiping online, I hope you have someone that you can turn to either in the room with you or by technology, by a, a text message to offer them as well. The peace of Christ be with you all. Peace be with you.
Good morning. I invite our young folks, our children, to come forward for a special moment with me. That was so lovely. Good morning, friends. Thank you. Thank you. Can I? Yeah. Yeah. Come on up. All right, friends. Today is Earth Sunday. I'm so excited to share with you about Earth Sunday. I thought we could make a garden. And I've got some older kids who are prepped. All right. They're ready. Will you help me make a garden, friends? Okay. Um, I think I could be a gardener. I brought, brought my handy dandy watering pail. So let's see. I could use, what do you think, flowers? Yeah, can I get some flowers to stand up and have some nice petals? Perfect, you are lovely flowers, yeah, yeah. Good job, good, good, thank you. Prep your own kids, that's always good. Mm-hmm, all right. Good. I, I need some trees. Can someone stand up tall? Yes. Perfect. <laughs> Love it. Okay, we got some more trees. Great. Okay, um, our garden's healthy, right? So we need some butterflies. Oh, thank you. Very nice. We got some butterflies. We flutter just a little bit. Don't go too far. Perfect. You want to flutter by the flowers? Okay. Oh, can I get a visitor to our garden? Perfect. Anybody driven through some beautiful gardens lately? Right, right. Hmm. Oh, a bee? Someone made me this. Let's get a bee. Very nice. Okay. I'm going to go water my garden. Here we go. Grow, little garden. Buzz, little bees. Buzz. Stand up. There you go. Flowers. Oh, good. Good job. All right. We got a visitor. Oh. Guys, oh my gosh, this car must be electric. It is so quiet. Oh. Right? Do you guys know? Yeah, it smelled so good. Thank you. Mm, I love that. What a lovely garden, friends. I think these are native plants, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Hey, B, do you need some nectar from one of our flowers? <laughs> mm. Switching, sharing, sharing is caring. Very good. We got, there we go. Big working our way around. Careful the compost pile. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> no, not night. One day, right? Do I hear buzzing? You're not gonna get some nectar? <laughs> um, 
Oh, he's prepared. Very nice. All right, give it up for the garden. Oh, nice job, friends. Mm-hmm. Well, will you sit and pray with me a little bit? What a lovely garden you all made. All right, can you pray together with me? Dear God, thank you for the earth. Help us take care of it as we take care of each other. Amen. I would invite you all to come to Sunday school and we can learn more about God's amazing creation. Come on down. Thank you, big kids.
Take a deep breath. Breathe that in. Amen. I want to give just a brief word of introduction to the scripture before Allison reads it for us this morning. The scripture is a portion of a letter which Paul writes to the first century Christians in Rome and to us. And in this letter, he uses an analogy of freedom from slavery and the metaphor of adoption to describe the life of the Christian. Now, this would have spoken vividly to Paul's original audience. The early church in Rome was made up of Jews and non-Jews, and it included many immigrants to Rome. It was a community of mixed social classes, including many slaves and poor people. So in using the analogy of freedom, Paul speaks very powerfully to that community, and he hearkens back to the story of the Exodus. In using the metaphor of adoption as God's children, Paul points to Jesus' teachings, especially to the Lord's Prayer, which would have been known to that early community. The passage which we'll read today ends with an expansive view and also a realistic one. All creation will be redeemed, Paul says, and yet in the meantime, we have to wait for it. And while we wait, we live in this already but not yet kind of space. The here and now and the there and then overlap and they must be held in tension with each other. If we fail to see the redemption that is already here, we lose all hope. If we fail to understand what is possible for us as children of God, we simply give up. For Paul then, hope stands as a central outcome of faith. Let's listen now as Allison reads the scripture for us. Good morning, church. Uh, And good morning, Floyd, if you're watching online. (laughs) Uh, My name is Allison Howard. Uh, Please rise in body or in spirit for the reading of the scripture. The scripture lesson for today is a reading from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 14 through 25 in the Common English Bible Version. All who are led by God's Spirit are sons and daughters. You didn't receive a spirit of slavery to lead you back again into fear, but you received a spirit that shows you are adopted as his children. With this spirit, we cry, Abba, Father. The same spirit agrees with our spirit that we are God's children. But if we're children, we are also heirs. We are God's heirs and fellow heirs with Christ if we really suffer with him so that we can also be glorified with him. I believe that the present suffering is nothing 
compared to the coming glory that is going to be revealed to us. The whole creation waits breathless with anticipation for the revelation of God's sons and daughters. Creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, it was the choice of the one who subjected it, but in the hope that the creation itself will be free from slavery to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of God's children. We know that the whole creation is groaning together and suffering labor pains up until now. And it's not only the creation. We ourselves, who have the Spirit as the first crop of the harvest, also groan inside as we wait to be adopted and for our bodies to be set free. We were saved in hope. If we see what we hope for, that isn't hope. Who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks, thanks be to God. Please join in singing the hymn of preparation. <laughs> be seated. Grace and peace to you from God and from Jesus Christ, 
who calls us into community this day. <coughs> Climate change. Something has to be done. You know, it was one thing when the polar bears were threatened with extinction, but now it's inconveniencing me and probably you as well. This winter seemed colder and longer, didn't it? I mean, really, snow in March? Who wants that? And last summer and the summer before that, when smoke filled our skies here in Edmonds while the forests burned around us. And then don't forget two summers ago and that infamous heat dome which killed countless trees and wiped out whole berry crops and forced many of us to bemoan our lack of air conditioning as if technology we're going to save us yet again. Clearly, something must be done. It is past time for us to take seriously what Al Gore rather mildly coined as this inconvenient truth. As far back as the 13th century, the poet Rumi laid out our predicament when he wrote this, sit, be still, and listen, for you are drunk, and we are sitting at the edge of the roof. It's a precarious position, is it not? There is no denying the fact that humanity, or at least Western consumer society, has become drunk on consumption, which gives little or no thought to the side effects of toxic waste, climate change, and the depletion of natural resources. A few years ago, I came across a Far Side cartoon, which really kind of spoke to this as well. It showed a group of dinosaurs standing around in a circle. There was a Tyrannosaurus rex and a Prontosaurus and some other flying creature, and they were all smoking cigarettes. <laughs> and the caption underneath it said, the real reasons the dinosaurs became extinct. <laughs> we are like those dinos, are we not? Standing around enjoying a little smoke break or a coffee break or a shopping spree, totally oblivious that the end may be near because we are sitting at the edge of the roof. When the Apostle Paul writes to the church in Rome, he seems to hit the proverbial nail squarely on the head when he suggests that the whole creation is groaning in labor pains, waiting with eager longing for the revealing of the children of God. The whole creation itself is waiting for us to grow up and to get a grip and to recognize who we are and begin to live as if we really are children of God. The creation itself, God's good earth, is waiting for us to reclaim our identity 
and to understand what it means to live out our freedom by joining God in the ongoing action of creation and creation care. The whole creation is groaning, waiting for us to take seriously Jesus' commandment that we should love God with our whole heart and love our neighbor as ourselves. Love our neighbors, the ones right here next to us, the ones far flung across the globe, the ones sharing this great blue planet right now, and those who have yet to arrive. You see, climate change and creation care, that is a social justice issue. The climate crisis is a manifestation of the pervasive injustice that has brought us economic inequality, oppression, subjugation, and exploitation. You draw a direct line between the two. The world's poor did not cause climate change, and yet they face its worst consequences. The marginalized, low-income, indigenous persons, the disabled in our midst, and the disadvantaged communities are being disproportionately impacted and affected by global warming. Climate change makes it much more difficult for the poor to escape poverty. Climate change increases competition for scarce resources. And those who are the hardest hit have the least say in how this crisis is addressed. Adrian Martinez reminds us that justice is about acknowledging the rights of others. It is about respect and responsibility towards our community. Justice stands on the idea that we are accountable for our actions. And justice has been broken due to climate change. It is not just an inconvenient truth. It is truly a crisis we now face. Did you know that more than half of the world's population, more than half of all the people on Earth live within 60 kilometers of the sea? With rising sea levels, with the loss of land masses due to the melting of the polar ice caps and all of the pollution that we have caused. The world's struggles with global migration and climate refugees, they have only just begun. Think about it. Over half the world's population, where will they all go? Poet and environmental activist Wendell Berry put it this way, we have lived our lives by the assumption that what was good for us would be good for the world. We have been wrong. We must change our lives so that it will be possible to live by the contrary assumption, 
that what is good for the world will be good for us. And that requires that we make the effort to know the world and to learn what is good for it. Barry seems to be joining the Apostle Paul in asking us to remember our faith is not something we can claim as an incidental accessory to be put on and taken off at the slightest whim. We must consider the consequences when we leave it to someone else to know the world and learn what is good for it. Because to know and be known as a child of God is to be actively involved in the work of creation and redemption every single day. It's electric. It's vibrant and exciting and alive. It's electric, this work which pushes our boundaries and questions our values. It's electric. This work which calls us into partnership with people we never imagined knowing, much less loving. It's electric. This work which values connection beyond all consumer calculation. Sally McFaig, in her manifesto to North American Christians, that's you and me, she suggests that there are implications for each of our lives when we choose to grow up into our identity as children of God. She says, we could call these implications our new house rules. Now, house rules are what you tape to your refrigerator as guidelines for sharing the space, the food, and the resources of the home. The basic rules, our practical housekeeping, if you will, are these. Number one, take only your share. Ooh, that kind of hurts as a North American, doesn't it? Rule number two, clean up after yourself. And rule number three, keep the house in good repair for future occupants. It's electric, the practical housekeeping. Now my children will tell you that I am one who claims, at least, to like a neat and tidy home. I can tolerate a certain level of mess and confusion, but only to a point. And when I hit that point, we gotta start cleaning. Now often that point is hit when I am expecting company. Because God forbid that anyone else would see how I really live. Sound familiar? Well, it sounds practical, at least, until you begin to understand there really is no hiding the reality of how we live. The whole creation is groaning, waiting for us to grow up into ourselves as practical housekeepers with God. Yet we are drunk. We're taking a little smoke break with the dinosaurs and we're sitting at the edge of the roof. Practical housekeeping, my friends, 
It's not about whether the color of my roof conforms to the standards of my neighborhood association. It's not about whether or not I have taken my outdoor Christmas lights down on this the last week of April. <laughs> Practical housekeeping does not care about keeping up with Martha Stewart's ideals of decorating or cleaning or organizing or cooking or nesting because it cares about so much more than that. Practical housekeeping cares about justice, and it cares about hope. Amanda Gorman points that out for us in a portion of her poem, Earthrise, when she writes, just as we chose to go to the moon, we know it's never too soon to choose hope. We choose to do more than cope with climate change. We choose to end it. We refuse to lose. Together we do this and more, not because it's very easy or nice, but because it is necessary. Practical housekeeping. It's not easy or nice, but it is absolutely necessary for the sake of creation and for the redemption of us all. Thanks be to God. Amen. For those of you who follow along with the hymn in your bulletins, you might notice that the music doesn't quite match the title this morning. That's a mistake on my part that I'll claim. Uh, and in the spirit of Earth Sunday, we chose not to reprint the bulletins with the correct music, but instead you can follow along on the screens for the text of this next hymn.
Let us pray. Eternal Spirit, loving God, on this celebration of Earth Sunday, we give you thanks for the beauty and bounty of the earth, the radiant life around us that gives us a sense of awe and wonder. For the Olympic Mountains and the Puget Sound, for hummingbirds and barred owls and salmon and orcas, eagles and otters, and yes, sometimes, God, even the seagulls. Loving God, even as we give thanks, we lament and repent for the ways that we have destroyed, polluted, and continue to damage this planet. We have acted out of greed for profit, control, and power. Forgive us. As spring invites us to notice new life, songbirds and blue skies, help us not to lose focus of the Anthropocene, this geological period we are currently living in, which is defined by our human impact on Earth's geology and ecosystems, our everyday policies, God, and structures we have created are having an impact not just on our human bodies, but also on our bodies of water and landmass. We pray today for all of creation that is feeling the impact of the climate crisis. Today, in particular, we pray for people entering the status of climate refugees displaced by droughts and floods, for indigenous people around the world who continue to be displaced and forgotten while their sacred rivers and streams are dammed and while their sacred land is used for corporate plantations and real estate development, for farmers experiencing changing seasons and the loss of their livelihood, for people recovering from the increased intensity of natural disasters, for folks experiencing hunger due to reduced harvests, for all of creation, animals on land and in the water whose habitats are threatened, and for our generations to come who will have to deal with the impact of decades of inaction. All of creation groans for care and stewardship, O oh God. Grant us courage to align our lives with your love of creation. Nudge us on to reform our policies that misuse, waste, degrade, and destroy. And help us to establish policies that enable all of creation to flourish. Restoring and healing God, as we pray for human bodies and bodies of land and water today, we also pray for our beloved community here, worshiping in Edmonds and online around the world. We pray for all who are suffering from physical and mental illness, who are receiving care and treatment, who are weary from life's complexities and messiness, who are mourning all forms of loss. 
God, be present with us. With each breath we take in and exhale out, help us to notice you in the very material that sustains our life. In our mourning and in our rejoicing, continue to strengthen us that we may be bearers of your love and light. In Jesus' name we pray the prayer that Christ taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Friends, I invite you into a time of giving, and we can give in several ways today. Uh, the ushers will be coming forward with our offering plate. You may always give through the plate. We can always give online at edmundsumc.org give, or by sending a check, uh, a gift to the church at 828 Casper Street, Edmonds, Washington, 98020. We invite you to give with generous hearts as we support the ministries of this church. And we are delighted to have Evergreen Ensemble offer our offertory anthem today.
us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks for these gifts. We ask that you bless them, that these gifts and all the gifts that are given in community of time and service, of witness and presence, may be a continual offering for the community and the world of your love and hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Friends, you may be seated. We have a few announcements for you uh, this Sunday. So beginning with this. It actually, of course, relates to the car that I drive. And many of you have the same placard, or maybe you have one that says electric, or one that says vintage, meaning that you have not used the worst resources to buy a new car, but are driving one that's been around a while. I've just been really conscientious. <laughs> and uh, in the parking lot today, you'll find cars with these placards. And if you are interested in learning more about what it's like to drive an electric car, or a hybrid, or a vintage car, uh, you are welcome to go out and, and have a little conversation with one of the drivers of those vehicles. Also in the back of the sanctuary in the narthex today, you'll see a number of demonstrations of electric uh, household goods that will reduce our carbon footprint and help us to be better stewards of the earth. So we wanna thank the advocates for environmental justice for their work on this Earth Sunday. Uh, we have a concert this afternoon at 3 p.m. at Trinity Episcopal Parish in Seattle with this phenomenal ensemble, the Evergreen Ensemble, that'll be singing. Uh, if you have plans, cancel it, because you've heard them, and you want to hear more of it. So uh, they'll be phenomenal. They're building a stone with some wood, and so that acoustic resonance I have been dreaming about. So I hope that you uh, have uh, time in your schedule that'll afford you to stop by Trinity um, and support the ensemble as they've made a debut in Edmonds this weekend. And a lot of gratitude to David. Uh, David has been the founding director and uh, creative person bringing these folks together, and we are just proud of him. And I would love for us to applaud as he uh, has founded this choir in Edmonds. The new uh, term of adult spiritual formation, or ASF as we call it, is about to begin and registration is now open. You'll find brochures on the table in the narthex and also online. If you'd like to register online, you can do so. Um, and also, it, or you can just call the church office if you prefer to register in that way. But please take a look and see what classes and small groups you would like to be a part of this spring. We have a vigil this Tuesday at 6 p.m. in our building uh, called We Side With Love. Uh, and we are taking a stand against hatred against various communities, particularly the LGBTQ community. Um, you'll recall that a, a few Sundays ago we had posters put on uh, cars um, that were quite hateful. And last Sunday it happened in Kirkland to a Lutheran church with the same flyers. And so um, the pastor of that church will be at the vigil, the bishop of the Lutheran Synod of this area will be at the vigil, several of our elected officials, including our local mayor, will be present. Um, and we will have a police presence in the parking lot uh, who will be providing some support to us in terms of security. 
and we've invited the area churches, uh, United Methodist Churches, to come and sing as part of a vigil choir. And so we'll have a bigger ensemble with Hunja accompanying them on Tuesday. And so we invite you to come and show your support and solidarity with our LGBTQIA community um, and our larger community who face marginalization uh, every day. And so 6 p.m. Tuesday in the sanctuary. Library. Library. Ah, I always forget that's mine again. Uh, so uh, our EUMC library is decolonizing itself, and our uh, seminary intern, Angela Malloy, has been working for several months and taking inventory of what books we have and what books we can add. And so there's a list of books uh, of, uh, authored by women of color, by theologians from different subjects that are not already in the library, uh, by people on the margins. And we've expanded the topics as well as the authors. And that list can be found at the Edmonds Bookstore, who are partnering with us as they help uh, support expanding that. And we're inviting you to check out that QR code and uh, donate, buy a book that can go in the library, or physically check out the Edmonds Bookstore where they have the list. Um, this week, we did get a box, and so you all are already doing that. So thank you for your help. We hope that by the end of May, we can complete this um, as Angela finishes her internship with us the last Sunday of May. And so we're hoping that we can celebrate her ministry with us in that completing of the project. Also, the next Sunday is the last in our four-week series on aging well with positivity and planning. This has been a great series. Many of you have come to all of them and have learned a lot. Don't miss this last one. Um, it's helpful for us to know you're coming for the lunch preparation, but it's not necessary. You can always just show up and you will be fed not only nourishing food, but also great information for your mind. Yes. Yes, if yes. you missed uh, the first three series, uh, the three sessions, um, Phil in the choir. Thank you, Phil. Phil has recorded them, and uh, we've uploaded them into a SoundCloud file, and so you can listen to them uh, at your leisure online so that you can also get the information if you've missed it. Thank you, Daryl. Mm -hmm. Our uh, next announcement is that on May 21st, which is two Sundays from now, uh, the Yakima Nation youth are going to be with us in worship and leading the entirety of the worship. And so you'll recall that last summer, uh, Angela and I went on a mission trip with some of our youth, and it was at the invitation of the Yakima Nation to experience a decolonized mission trip. And we spent a lot of time building relationship and learning about their history and culture, and this is a reciprocity visit. Some of you are hosting the youth and the adults who are coming, so thank you for your generosity in hosting them. Uh, and they'll be offering dance and music and storytelling and sharing about ways in which we can continue in a journey of reconciliation. And so I invite you to mark your calendars specifically for May 22nd and that week 21st and that weekend to join us in worship. And finally, Almost finally, we raised about $9,500 this week in three, four days uh, to support Junior, who's a boy in our community and in our congregation who was shot a week ago in a drive-by shooting in Linwood. And um, we're really grateful for your support of the family to financially help them as they navigate unexpected bills and a move to a different place. 
um, as well as some trauma-based counseling that the family and junior will be receiving. And so thank you so much for your generosity. Um, if you would like to contribute to it and hadn't seen the link, the link will be on the website and you are more than encouraged and welcome to support the family as they recover. And Junior is well. I visited him on Monday and his 13-year-old sense of humor is still very active. And so <laughs> he has a long road ahead of him, but, um, but he's doing well. And finally, Hunja. Hunja is back for two Sundays. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not allowed, I, I've been censored. I've not, I'm not allowed to say a whole lot, partly because she has a phenomenal postlude and I'm not allowed to make her cry. Um, but what I will say is that um, Hunja will also be here next Sunday uh, to sing with the chancel choir and to play with them. And David Hunja and I, which are the old school Three Musketeers, will be collaborating on a worship service, which I'm very jazzed about. And um, we'll have a kind of gratitude, thank you Hunja, tea from 1 to 3 p.m. on Tuesday this week. And if you can make that, um, particularly if you, over the eight years that Hunja has served this church as the organist, um, have been moved by her, I will really invite you to come and show your support. On Tuesday, Hunja will be playing the vigil. We'll be doing poetry and music this week on Facebook. I'm very excited about that because we are very nostalgic. Um, and in seeing Chana in the audience, I just wanna say Chana was our first woman of color on staff. Hunja is the second and I'm the third. And these two women, um, unbeknownst to them, I stand on their shoulders in being one of your pastors. And I just want to honor the fact. <laughs> Both of your faithful ministry here make my ministry possible. And so thank you, deep, deep, deep gratitude. But you'll see her again. And one note on the postlude, it's, it's a good one, it's a long one. So stay seated and wait until the very end. If you have plans right away and must leave, leave like a mouse, do not make noise. <laughs> <laughs> but friends, I do invite you to rise in body and spirit and enjoy our closing hymn.
let us go out into the world to be God's people. For we have not been given a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. We have been given the spirit of adoption as children of God, and so we are. May the peace of Christ go with us all. Amen. Amen. Thank you.